Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars Bookworms. Enjoy. Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. Happy back to school, Aaron. <laughs> back to school? I'm not going back to school. <laughs> I'm going back to school. But also, happy back from summer break for bookworms, <laughs> I guess. It's that been crazy. Like well, I've been traveling a little, and you've been traveling a lot. And we're working like crazy mad people. And so it's just been like, it's been crazy. But I've missed... I've missed the bookworms. I've missed it. Yes, and we have so many books to talk about. Well, not so many books to talk about no, today, but we just no, have so many like books so in general. Many. But you and I, the good thing is, is we've been keeping up on our reading, so it's not like we're behind on that regard. We just haven't been able to sit down and discuss yes, what yes. we've been reading. <laughs> and there's so much stuff going on. Like It always seems to happen. There's that little bit of like a summertime lull. And then when school starts back up again is when, like, film season also seems to start back up again. And then everything starts coming out because Force Friday and everything. And it's like, here's 5,000 books to read all at one time. Boom. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous about the, the ramp up to uh, Rise of Skywalker because mm. we have, I mean, I've, you say we've been keeping up with the reading. I feel like I'm a little behind, you know, because I haven't read Thrawn yet. I haven't read Crash of Fate yet. Those have been released read crash of fate just not all of it yeah i mean i've started it and then they they keep throwing other stuff at us like this myths and fables book which that one is um it's pretty short have you have mm -hmm. you opened that one up yet mm -hmm. yeah i read one, it you went through the whole thing yeah oh cool well yeah i just read the first story the other day and i'm looking forward to kind of getting more into it just because just based on the first story i was like oh this is exactly the kind of like side star wars story that i like yeah, I mean, I can plow through those short books really easy. We've talked about this before. Our reading speeds are very different. Um, but small stuff like that, I can get through. Um, I haven't read in depth the new Smuggler's Guide that's coming out that I know you and I both got. I've flipped through it and read different pieces, but I haven't read the whole thing yet. But I'm at Thrawn. I need to read Thrawn, but that's I've read everything else up to this point. Um, except for... Black Spire, but I just got that. And it's also so, not out yet, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, and I just got that. So we're kind of like, you know, I've been keeping up with my reading, but I've also taken a slight Harry Potter audiobook detour. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to finish uh, Order of the Phoenix, and then I will jump into Thrawn. But I want to finish Order of the Phoenix. And yeah, I'm pretty close. A, pretty close. I had to take a bit of a break as well. Started reading mm -hmm. a john adams biography yeah i just so. i was getting it's like blasphemy to say on a star wars books podcast but a little star wars burnout you know and i was like i need something else I need my brain to go somewhere else let's go to hogwarts well it's good uh, to, it's good to like add some variety we can't just be you know all star wars all the time right in our fandoms we have to we have to take in other things too. get a nice well-rounded you know nerd universe around us yeah, except for I just always default back to Harry Potter when I need a break. 
We don't know how many times I've read those books. But there is a little bit of other news and stuff that's been going on. So Disney Plus did have some news today. They confirmed the release dates for Disney Plus in the U.S. and Canada, New Zealand, and Australia. And they also confirmed the devices you can get uh, Disney Plus on. The only one that seems to be left off is anything Amazon. So Amazon Fire TVs and stuff like that. Because it Disney and Amazon have a very... I don't know, contentious relationship, contentious, whatever. And so, yeah, if you've got a Roku, you're good. Apple TV, you're good. Chromecast, you're good. If you're an Amazon person, you're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> you could always go out and buy a, a Chromecast. They're super cheap. Yeah. I have an Apple Me, TV, so I'm, I'm good. I'm an Apple TV. Yeah. Apple TV. So, so that's good. And then, let's see, we had another book announcement earlier this month. Luke Skywalker is your guide in the new book, The Secrets of the Jedi. So this looks like it's going to be a reference guide, but this looks like it's right up my alley because it comes with things inside of it. Uh, a pop-up holocron, a translator card, a Jedi equipment booklet, and more. Like, it's totally my thing. <laughs> <laughs> books that have things inside of books. <laughs> I'm more excited about the content of the book and the text <laughs> and the pictures. Uh, it seems like well, I, I mean, they show on StarWars.com. They did a they did a post about this on August seventh. Um, so if anybody wants to go look that up, but they did show like the cover and some cool interior art, along with a lot of the text is actually in these images. So you can kind of read a pretty good excerpt of this book. Um, with information about, like, you know, Kylo Ren and Rey and a lot of the members of the Jedi Council, Ahsoka Tano is in here. So it looks like it's going to be really cool. It's a little interesting that it's from Luke's perspective, um, just because it's like, oh, wow, he he had a lot of knowledge. Like, he knew a lot of stuff. Well, we know he knew a lot of stuff. Yeah, I guess he went on some travels and kind of discovered a lot of information. Um, you know, who, I, mean, mm-hmm. I guess he was sitting around on on the island with nothing better to do so he started writing a book about the jedi there you go i like it but you know me um, big jedi fan so more you know more books like this it's not going to make me uh i'm not going to be unhappy about it yeah but you act like i don't like jedi <laughs> you i don't say you don't like jedi but it's like I my do. thing it's kind of like if there was a book about ewoks you know it's, yeah. i like but ewoks I but like, it's your thing but you know i like reading all this stuff it's like the background Oh, definitely. This This is is one of the things. It is. Uh, So, when I was talking about all the stuff that comes in the book, it reminded me. I think the reason I like books like this is there was a series of books. There was like three of them that came out when I was a kid. That was the little happy postman or something like that, and the books were the letters like it was a story but they were the letters of the like that he delivered throughout the town so you would turn the page and open the envelope and pull the letter out you know so like the book had stuff inside of it so i think that's where it came from (laughs) i think my grandma still has those i need to try to find the name of them but they were really cool (laughs) you know i've never actually gotten one of the like deluxe editions of any of those books like this the um you know like the smuggler's guide or the book of sith or anything like that i've never gotten the deluxe edition so i've never gotten all the little knickknacks i've always waited till it came out on like the you know regular hardback 
Mm, yeah. Okay, so it was called the Jolly Postman book series. That's what it was called. That's, there you go, Star Wars readers. Go out and buy the Jolly Postman. The Jolly Postman or other people's letters and the Jolly Postman or Jolly Christmas Postman. And then there's the Jolly Pocket Postman. Oh, wow, I have it's a all. whole series. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a big commitment. I don't know if I can get into it. It's they're not long. They're so good. Oh, they're so cute. What age range would it be too young for Quinn? Uh, he wouldn't be able to read them yet, but you would be able to read them to him. But I think he would really enjoy like getting to open the mail. And all right, it's all right. it's it cool because you go and like uh you go through it and then. As you go through page by page, there's a letter, and you get to open it and read the letter, and it's like all the letters look different. It's really cute and cool. It's four to eight years, says the age range on Barnes & Noble. Well, there you go. That's right. Quinn's right in that age range. I think he would enjoy the Jolly Postman. All right. Okay. You need right. to get that. Might start okay. with Secrets of the Jedi first. Uh, no. Priorities. That's not the Jolly Postman. <laughs> All right, well, we are here to discuss Dooku, Jedi Lost. Which is not actually a book. Well, it's a book. Well, it's going to be a, it's gonna be in print soon, which actually I was wrong about the prediction on this. Oh, yeah? Yeah, somebody, somebody had kind of called it out on Twitter way back when the audiobook was first announced, and they were like, oh, it's going to definitely come out as a book eventually. And I was like, no, I think they're trying to do a new thing here. They're going to start doing these audio stories. It doesn't always have to be a book. And then, like, a week later, they announced it was going to be a book. I was like, come on. <laughs> but, I mean, really, it's going to be the script, not necessarily an actual novel. Yeah, so, so that's different. I don't like reading those kind of things. It's kind of like, um, what's the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child? Yeah. You know, I try. I have I had a hard time Romeo getting through that. Because it's like, okay, this isn't an actual novel. It's just it's just lines being read. Um and that's what this is going to be for Duke of Jedi Lost as well. I think a lot of people like to have it on their bookshelf, and I'm I'll like to have it on my bookshelf as well. But I don't know that I'll actually sit down and read through it since I can just listen to it as an audiobook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or audio drama. Uh, so this is actually one of the first audiobooks that we received. So something that I kind of wanted to share is we have finally made our connections with Random House Audio, which has been awesome. So hopefully we'll be able to bring you guys some interviews and stuff with the audiobook narrators and things uh, as the show progresses. But just a big shout out to Random House Audio for partnering with us and, you know, giving us Dooku Jedi Lost to listen to before it came out. That was really awesome. So, you know, expect more audiobook coverage from us. We do it anyway, but... Yeah, we like to talk about the audio and the written. But, yeah, but um, we are, will be doing it more because we can. Hooray! Uh, so this one was written by Kevin Scott, who we did talk to at Celebration, I believe. We did, didn't we? A uh, little bit? Really I think shortly. we ran into him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we got to talk to Mark Thompson at Celebration um, all at the same time. And then we listened to the uh, the excerpt that they had 
at yes. Celebration, and we got kind of excited because it was Asajj Ventress for all of that, that the little piece you got to hear. And this came out on April 30th of 2019, and the publisher's summary is as follows. Do you want to read it? you want me to read it? Who wants to read it? Uh, you can. You like doing okay. these. Delve into the history of the sinister Count Dooku in this audio original set in a galaxy far, far away. Darth Tyrannus, Count of Sereno, leader of the Separatists, a red saber unsheathed in the dark. But who was he before he became the right hand of the Sith? As Dooku courts a new apprentice, the hidden truth of the Sith Lord's past begins to come to light. Dooku's life began as one of privilege, born within the stony walls of his family's estate, orbited by the funeral moon where the bones of his ancestors lie interned. That, oh my gosh. You know what? When I just read that, by the way, it sounded like I was reading something from the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway. But soon his Jedi abilities are recognized and he is taken from home to be trained in the ways of the Force by the legendary Master Yoda. As he hones his power, Dooku rises through the ranks, befriending fellow Jedi Saifu and taking a Padawan of his own, the promising Qui-Gon Jinn, and tries to forget the life that he once led. But he finds himself drawn by a strange fascination with the Jedi Master Lin Kostana and the mission she undertakes for the Order finding and studying ancient relics of the Sith in preparation for the eventual return of the deadliest enemies the Jedi have ever faced. Caught between the world of the Jedi, the ancient responsibilities of his lost home, and the alluring power of the relics, Dooku struggles to stay in the light even as the darkness begins to fall. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, this is one. It's When they announced it, I was super excited for this story. Mm-hmm. Just to get, you know, get some history on this character because because uh dooku is a sith character that we really you know there's a lot of appearances of him all the way through like the clone wars and you know even in attack of the clones but he still was always shrouded in mystery yeah i think you meant to call him do do i think yeah do <laughs> that's all we needed as a nickname for dooku i know so in this book, he gets a nickname from Sifo-Dyas. He calls Sifo-Dyas Sifo, and Sifo-Dyas calls him Do. And so you hear it a lot. He's like, come on, Do. Come on, Do. I mean, with a, with a name like Dooku. I know. I mean, kind of, you would want people to call you something else, probably. But, is that, but huh. isn't that his last name? Well, I mean, no, Dooku's his name. Because That's he's, his first name? What's yeah, his freaking last name? I can't remember. Well, he's from the family, the Sereno family. So oh, yeah. I don't think they so, really have last names, but he's like Dooku Sereno. of Sereno or whatever. Yeah. So. So the cast for the audiobook. So let's kind of talk about that first, about like it being an audiobook, like only kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um I think the cast was pretty good. Uh, Jonathan Davis was Qui-Gon Jinn, and he was freaking perfect. His Qui-Gon Jinn is excellent. Yeah, as and we then, learned from Master and Apprentice. Yes, right? and Orla Cassidy is Asajj Ventress, and again, another absolutely perfect thing. Like, she was fabulous. Mark Thompson was Yoda, which was also amazing. I can honestly say, though... Because we're so used to Christopher Lee as Dooku, Ewan Morton's Dooku sounded way different. And Sifo-Dyas, who's played by Sean Kennan, 
they were a little similar. And so sometimes it was a little hard to tell who was who. Because this is a cast narration. So it's not one person doing voices. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. everybody. Every single character is an individual voice, different mm -hmm. voice actor. Um, which I completely agree with the ones that you called out as being great. And I also completely agree that uh, Morton didn't do as good for Dooku. Not that he did a bad job voice no, acting. It just didn't. The voice, you're used to hearing a very specific voice for Dooku. And he's playing, um, for a lot of it, he's playing a very young version of Dooku. Right. So it makes sense that the voice would sound different. But it, it still just didn't have that kind of tone to it yes. um, that I expected. Right. And, you know, I think everybody did an excellent job. It's just sometimes it was a little hard to follow with some of the voices. But um, other big standouts for me, January Lavoie as Jorah Aerith and um, Rebecca Solaire. Those are names that we're used to in the Star Wars universe doing voices. Um, she, Rebecca played Eula Braylon. And then Saskia Marleveld, who is another big person for... Uh, Star Wars played Dooku's sister, Jenza, actually. Right. And that was kind of cool. Yeah, I think what I've learned, because I've tried to listen to a couple of things like this in the past that were not just an audiobook, but like a full production with different mm -hmm. voice actors. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't work as well for me um, than just like a straight up audiobook that's all read by the same person. Usually, you know, you, you had brought up Harry Potter before. Um, and I kind of like how the Harry Potter books were done where the narrator, you know, he reads through the story and doesn't go into like full um, imitations of voices, but kind of just changes his tone enough that, you know, like the voice, the character is changing and you mm -hmm. kind of recognize, okay, this is, you know, this is the tone he uses for this character. This is the tone he uses for this character. Um, and I, that's kind of what I like about audiobooks. But when it has like a full cast like this, for some reason, it just doesn't connect as well with me and kind of it's too much bouncing around. Well, have you tried a audiobook with a full cast that's a story that you don't know the characters? Like it, you haven't seen a movie of them, you know, or something like that. So you don't know who they are. The only other Star Wars example I have in my well, mind. Well, I'm not even talking Star Wars. Yeah, I was just trying just... to keep it Star Wars if I could as far as answering that example because there was a and i can't even remember it was like a knights of the old republic audio drama that they did a long time ago where they kind of adapted one of the comic series into an audio presentation and they did have a full voice cast um and i and none of those characters had you know established voices in my head and it still had the same I had the same issue with it that I didn't enjoy it as much as just one person reading the book. And I think it's just a personal preference, but so, do yeah. you have a non star Wars one that you've tried? Um, I don't think so. I don't. So I have a few and they're from, Oh my gosh, the, the red wall series, uh, which is mice and animals and stuff. And it works really, really well. But I think it's because, again, I don't have established characters in my head. So I don't mind it. But I do agree with you about Harry Potter. Well, it depends on which one you're listening to. If you're listening to the American adaptation, which is done by Jim Dale, that man is just stunning. Yeah, like, he I, that's has, what I listen to. I mean, I mean, like, 
5,000 different voices because he has to do all the characters and he makes them all unique, you know, although I have noticed the more I listen to the Harry Potter books that uh, sometimes, just sometimes some of the Weasleys sound the same uh, <laughs> because I think he's just reading, you know, so he just kind of gets caught up and the tone doesn't change, but he's great. And so, yeah. Props to Jim Dale. So as far as the audio cast, overall, I think they did really, really well. But what we said, our criticisms, just sometimes it was a little hard to follow. Uh, yeah, and I would yeah. have liked, even though I understand what they were doing with Dooku and trying to make him sound a lot younger, um, you know, we get a, a young Qui-Gon in Master and Apprentice, and mm-hmm. it still sounds like Qui-Gon. Yep. It just sounds younger. Um, whereas this when Dooku was younger, it didn't sound like Dooku at all. And even if there was just a little bit of a hint of his, of an impression of that voice, just so you can kind of be like, okay, that's the character. Because a lot of it, as I'm listening to this, it was like, you almost forget that it's about Dooku um, because you kind of, you see it as a different character because the voice was just so different. But I'd be curious to hear, you know, talk to, you know, whoever the producers of this and kind of, you know, where their decision or why they decided to kind of go that direction with it. Maybe they were trying to make it so we weren't relating it with that evil character, you know, because Maybe so. they wanted us to see him as a different, you know, kind of more innocent version of that character. Um, so it'd be interesting yeah, to hear I the would. logic behind I, it. I agree. I would really like to talk to the producers on this and even Kevin Scott to find out if there was any input from him on what the character should sound like, um, because that that would be interesting to find out overall the production of the audio book is perfect as a lot of star wars books are uh on audio there this is my opinion i don't know why but like for me star wars audiobooks just like knock them out of the park they're so good the way they put them together and sounds and music and stuff <laughs> yeah and a lot of they do a great job with the the production and the sound effects and music at the right right times and um, you know I thought this one was was pretty well done as well. Um, I felt like, well, it's not. Never mind. I was gonna say something about Alphabet Squadron, but we we haven't talked about Alphabet Squadron yet. So. Nope. Don't we'll, don't I'll go there. The, I'll save that for a different review. There you go. So all right. Ventress is who mostly takes us through this story, which I thought was kind of cool, but I was also a little bit disappointed because I thought we were going to see more activity from her, you know, but rather than it just being her talking to herself pretty much the entire time. (laughs) And she has this whole conversation with her, her previous Jedi mentor, whatever, um, master Kyneric. And it's like this back and forth between the two of them. And it's just so funny. I'm like, so we're inside her head. Pretty much a good chunk of the book. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> definitely her subconscious talking to her or like it, it was an interesting dynamic because Kyneric being her master, you know, but who's also dead. There's this very interesting dialogue between the two characters, and to a point where you almost just start to think, okay, maybe this isn't her conscious, maybe it's like his spirit, you know, because it seemed like it had such an individual personality. Yeah, it was almost like Qui Gon force projection situation. Right, but you know, it does. You know, I think I think it was supposed to be just her own subconscious talking to her um, through his voice. 
rather than it being like a spirit situation. But I was just really excited that they used Kyneric, um, just as a nerd of like all the old legend stuff, because there was this whole, you know, back in the old Star Wars Republic comics, they kind of introduced the backstory of Ventress, which doesn't necessarily completely line up with current canon, but one of the elements of her backstory was this Kyneric character and this master that she used to have um, who was killed, um, which they did, you know, bring into the Clone Wars a little bit. So I was super excited to see him show up in Clone Wars. And then when this book had him show up as well, and then a much more fleshed out kind of version of him, um, I was like, ah, really cool. I love, I get nerdy about kind of those type of connections and the referencing back to old legends material. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that, and I was like, "What? Yeah, who? <laughs> who? What? He was Where? in Clone Wars, but like literally is like a blinking but also, type of who? scene." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like I have not rewatched Clone Wars in a long time, so the parts that stick out to me are things that like really, really, really had an impact. So I don't remember little things. Yeah, this you know? would be something I could be, comp- and even the fact that his name is Kyneric, I don't think was ever mentioned in Clone Wars. That was like. <laughs> in the behind the scenes stuff, whatever. Mm, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. But still cool that he was there. Um, and you get a bit of his personality, even though it's not technically him, but I, you know, it was definitely a different voice, um, a different voice actor playing the character of kind Eric. So that was, that was pretty exciting. So one thing that I know when we were, we were covering, a different series of books and we just talked about this with jason fry how we kind of had the uh the harry potter parallels and i know both <laughs> I of think us we, i think we both just find harry potter and everything because we love it so much yeah we like harry potter so yeah maybe that's part of it um but for me as i was listening to this book and in having kind of these young students in the jedi temple and attending classes and different oh, professors God, yes yes i was like okay like <laughs> Not that it was like ripping off Harry Potter, but definitely had that kind of vibe to it, which I really enjoyed and kind of like, oh, I want a whole show or a whole series about, you know, young Jedi going through the oh academy and attending different classes and finding mysterious, so you know, freaking amazing artifacts. And yeah, it could be like, it could be like, uh, the Jedi Academy something or something. I don't know, whatever. You're right. We need that. Somebody make that, please, because I want it. <laughs> yeah, Tales from the Jedi Temple or something like that. Tales where... from Tales from. I and know. I know we've gotten some tongue-in-cheek Jedi Academy stuff um, in the new canon, but this this was kind of your a really cool look into the inner workings of how a student comes up through the Jedi Academy. I love it because we've gotten something like this when we talked with Jason Fry about the Empire. Right. You know, uh, so. Servants of the Empire series. Yeah. So I love it. I mean, but, you know, I think because of Harry Potter, any book series that does anything relating to school Mm -hmm. is going to have callbacks for people to Harry Potter just because she kind of started it, you know, in the modern modern literature you know everybody wants to go to school there especially if you're learning to do some sort of craft that is not for normal humans <laughs> you know being a jedi being a witch being a sith you know what i mean like oh yeah. my gosh it's, i mean at least they didn't have some sort of like a sorting ceremony 
You know, no, it's like, that would have been so You awesome. get a blue lightsaber. You get you a yellow get lightsaber. <laughs> you're a Hufflepuff. You know, like, <laughs> so yeah, they didn't go that far, but there were there were some similarities in even where you know Dooku kind of accuses one of his teachers of being a dark side user. You know, and, Dooku would have been a Slytherin. Uh, yeah, that makes sense, but. Yeah. Actually, no. He might have been a he might have been a Gryffindor that turns into a Slytherin. Maybe he's a Slither door. Slither door. Yeah. Actually, I could the the case could be made for either Gryffindor or Slytherin, but I think that probably goes with a lot of characters because with with power comes temptation to do evil things, right? Mm. Great responsibility. Spider Manning, you know, everything just blends together these days. <laughs> but I was like the one scene where um, Dooku ends up getting into kind of a confrontation with the oh. the one you know council member, the the woman who you know he thought was using the dark side, um, and and then they had the whole confrontation. I was like, oh, it's such a like a Snape type of thing where you oh you think he's evil, but he's not really evil, and you know, so I was kind of like, okay, this is. This is Harry Potter in in a very cool Star Wars way. Yeah, so that's Master Costana. And then Sifo-Dyas ends up going off with Master Costana, and then he turns into a crazy person, which I I want more on Sifo-Dyas. Like, what the heck? You oh, know, yeah. because, because he's the one that orders the clones, right? Yeah. So he has to have had some sort of insight. Like, is he a, you know a seer is he in touch with his you know a divination like yeah. because that's what i put it with i'm like he's he's almost like a trelawney of star wars <laughs> and you know so i'm i'm curious about that aspect but i i can say that like overall oh we're gonna get there about dooku's backstory but mm-hmm. i think i really enjoyed the relationship between Dooku and Sifo-Dyas a lot, just because it was nice to hear about, you know, their friendship and things like that. I did really enjoy that. So when they got separated, I was kind of like, boo. Yeah. I mean, Sifo-Dyas is such an important character that we don't know a lot about, or we didn't know a lot about. Um, And he, you know, he gets the name drop in Attack of the Clones so we know he's important in kind of the whole ordering of the clones, but we don't really know more more about him. And then the Clone Wars animated series gave us a little bit more insight and actually showed us the character mm. um, in kind of the Yoda episode, I believe. Which I want to go back because it's been so long since I've watched, and I, I think it happened in the kind of the final season that they did, the shortened season on Netflix. Oh, really? Um, that they have a whole scene like where you actually see kind of this evil version of sifo um, I thought that was Bane. Bane was in that episode too. So it's oh. all connected. So I, I, it's been long enough, so I can't speak to the details very well. So I need to go rewatch it. But I know he shows up and you actually get an image of him with like Sith eyes and all this craziness. So, Well, you um, can't rewatch it right now unless you manage to get that because it's not available. So you'll have to wait until Disney Plus comes out. Yeah, I think I might have them on Blu-ray or DVD or something, maybe. I don't know. Oh, I guess those episodes wouldn't have been. I don't know. I don't, yeah, know. I don't know. But, yeah, but I want to re- rewatch those episodes specifically. Um, but it was really cool to see him show up here because now we're getting a lot more insight into who he was. And 
the revealing of him having this ability of foresight and having these kind of intense visions um, and getting to see all these different kind of versions of what might happen and probably what, you know, caused him to kind of freak out a little bit and be willing to kind of help out with the whole ordering of this clone army because mm-hmm. he saw this stuff coming that other Jedi didn't see coming. So I thought that was such a cool addition to this book. So one of the things that I did really like about this book, though, is getting all of the backstory stuff on Dooku that we got. What I found interesting, especially when he is at the Jedi Temple, is that he's viewed really differently by his peers because he has a family that he remembers where most of them don't. And so he's kind of and he's sort of a loner. It seems like he doesn't really blend in with the rest of his peers. And so I find that kind of interesting. And also he ends up discovering his family. Like they tried to keep him away from his family, but he ends up discovering it because he finds his sister by complete and total accident. And then he decides to foster that connection, even though he's told not to. And so I think that has a lot to play into this character of how he got to where he got to and why Jedi don't have attachments, you know, if you think about it. Or at least, I mean, having attachments I think is fine, like friendships and stuff, but I think him finding out that his parents didn't even want him they wanted nothing to do with him. And then all the stuff he finds out, I think that really screwed this dude up. He has like and a horrible so, dad. Yeah. And so he he really, you know, is affected by his family in almost a negative way that I think curtailed his track as a Jedi. Yeah. And it makes complete sense for him to have something, some event like this happen where he does reconnect with his family because later on when he is kind of the leader, you know, of Sereno and you're kind of like, okay, why, you know, why would he even go back to that life if he didn't have some sort of connection? You know, if he had grown up in the Jedi temple from an infant age and didn't have that connection, it wouldn't really make sense. So it was kind of cool that they, you know, gave us this backstory to connect to what comes later. Um, and as far as like the Jedi go, or as far as kind of the, the whole not wanting students to have a connection to their family, you know, that has been criticized a lot with the Jedi and kind of how people perceive the Jedi and say, it's like, it's almost cruel. You know, you're taking these kids away from their families and, and all of that. But then when you see examples of Jedi that do end up having connection with their family, you see where it goes wrong, you know, Mm -hmm. With, with someone like Dooku. Um, you know, this went terribly wrong. And then, you know, even someone like Anakin who, you know, still remembered his mother and wanted so much to go back and save her and then ended up killing innocents, you know, all of that stuff. So you can see why the Jedi, not that I, not that I'm saying that it's not, you know, there isn't some problematic stuff going on there, but you can kind of see why they would want people that have this much power to not necessarily still have that connection with their family. Mm hmm. Yeah, and, you know, there's something they do talk about in this book, which is the Lost 20. Mm. So the Lost 20 are 20 Jedi that were lost to the Sith, I believe, or lost to nothing. 
I think they just left the order. Right. Yeah. And so Dooku was one of the lost 20, but they also introduce us to a new Sith that is one of the lost 20 as well. And he ends up going by the name. I hate the name, by the way. Yeah. Darth Crawl. Darth Crawl. Yeah. Darth Crawl. Uh, but his actual name was, is it Radaki? I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm was his original name. Um, but he's a part of the last 20 as well. And that I kind of always get interested in that. Like there's the, again, back to Harry Potter. There is the, Oh my gosh, I forget what it's called in Harry Potter, but it's the pure blood families. And there's this whole list of the pure blood families. And so it's kind of like that, you know, the last 20 and yeah, you know, it'd be cool to learn more about the specific members or people who had left. Mm-hmm. And I know, some of them probably ended up going dark side. Some of them probably didn't, you know, so there's a lot of stories mm-hmm. to be told there, but it is kind of interesting. Well, I don't think they've named all 20. No, they just, no. they haven't. No, I so don't we think only we know, know very many at all. No, we only know of a couple. Yeah. So, yeah. but the, the fact that they actually do name a, a like a Sith, like a Darth um, mm-hmm. is pretty significant in Canon because once you kind of wipe out legends and you're only sticking to the canon stuff. There really is, hasn't been that many. I think it's like mm-hmm. 10 or something that have been named of of the of the actual like Sith Lords. So then to add one in, um, an official new Sith, it's kind of a cool thing because um, there haven't been that many. And we, are, we can, you know, we all know the ones that are from the movies like the Plagueis and Sidious and Tyrannus and Vader and Maul, you know, but there's only like five or six others that they've they've introduced to us. Mm-hmm. And they all yeah. have silly names. <laughs> no, silly names. You know, but like, I really do think that the backstory here for Dooku is so important because it is really showing kind of what I have always said about the Jedi Order at this time, that it is not a solid, stable place. The Jedi Order is starting to fracture in a lot of different places and you can see it. And it started way early on before we even get to the Phantom Menace. You know, we see a little bit of it in Master and Apprentice, and we see it in this book, and we see it in, um, what's the other one? Um, the Padme book, you know? Oh, yeah, we, Queen Shadow. We see, like, we see, we're seeing this, this fracturing of the Jedi Order. We're seeing the Republic starting to collapse on itself. We're seeing all of this stuff that's happening that leads up to what occurs, you know, and then what happens after, like, the Phantom Menace and getting us to the Clone Wars. I mean, it's happening so early on. And I just think it's crazy that the Jedi Order, for what they're supposed to be, was so incredibly blinded. Because it's happening right in front of their face. Yeah, they're getting too involved in the overall politics of things and they're getting connections to, you know, politicians and corporations and all of that stuff where things start to get corrupt. That's how it is in our real world. That's how it is in this, in this fictional world as well. Mm -hmm. And it is very interesting to learn some of these details where, you know, some of these decisions are being made. It's like, Oh, we made this decision because of the Bacta, you know, on this planet, not necessarily the people on this planet. Mm -hmm. And so you can see why Dooku is starting to become disillusioned with the Jedi. 
Now, what he ultimately does, you know, by becoming a Sith Lord and, you know, doing a lot of evil atrocities himself, you know, isn't, you know, that's not a good thing. But you can see why he, he strayed and, and went away from the Jedi, because the Jedi were becoming a very imperfect organization, and he was seeing the proof of it. And, you know, kind of like you said, it was even back in Master Apprentice, even, even Qui-Gon was starting to question things. Mm-hmm. And now Duke and Dooku's questioning things. And so you can kind of see why some of these, these members start to move on and, and say, no, this isn't right anymore. I, I can do better myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I actually did really like the, the character of his sister. I liked her quite a bit. Uh, I do not like his brother. No, his yeah. brother is annoying. Uh, which his I believe was is Jenza, his, right? Yeah, his sister's Jenza, and his brother is Ramel, I think. Mm, um, yeah, I think so. And so, yeah, he's an idiot. Yeah, his whole family, like his dad was a jerk, has, his brother was a jerk. Ugh, God, um, it wasn't a good, <laughs> a good situation for him. You and uh, not only that, but he makes their temple like collapse because he's like in tune with this underground beast thing dark side blah 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 i thought this stuff was cool like i loved all the little yeah the the idea of there being some kind of a dark side creature that's stirring and dooku has such a strong connection to the force that it kind of wakes it up them in his spider web (laughs) so it was kind (laughs) of pretty cool stuff all the holocron stuff and the Mm, the dark side artifacts and all of that i was like oh yeah that was so cool the what was that called in uh i think it the bogan collection yeah that's mm. what it is all the stuff it's like sneaking into the restricted section right exactly yeah <laughs> oh Some harry potter secrets. how you have infected my entire life <laughs> <laughs> i just always laugh about that because it's true when i think about it i'm like oh well that's like this you know and I'm sure people get sick and tired of me referencing it, but it's like it's a part of the life of literature now. And I you think know? in the examples that we're using today, it's it's relevant. I, I think it's it'd be hard to deny the you know if anybody else was like, oh no, I don't see any connection at all. Like that that's it's kind of hard to deny that there is yeah. a lot of similarities with the story. Um, right. I like that Master and Apprentice and Dooku kind of came out around the same time. Yes. So they're very much companion nice. pieces. And I know we talked about it when we reviewed Master and Apprentice, but I like, like, Rail Avaros makes a appearance in mm-hmm. this as well. Same voice. So that was cool. Yeah, um, that was awesome. And just like, yeah, you can kind of see, and Dooku was in Master and Apprentice. And so you can kind of see how the, and I know that they've already talked about the authors of these did compare notes and kind of coordinated efforts to have some of the same characters appear. Yeah, that's really cool. Again, we love the connections. We say that all the time, but we really do. Yeah, and then the last thing, I, I was just kind of as a fan of some of the older stuff, I liked some of the similarities, even going as back as far back as the uh, Gendi Tartakovsky Clone Wars series. So not like the one, the CGI Clone Wars that we all know and love, but further back to the 2D animation, um, they have an origin story for how Dooku recruited Ventress in that animated series and it really parallels the story that they tell here where he finds her in this gladiatorial ring Hmm. um it's like if you want to see that part of the story in animated form go watch i forget which episode it is 
but go watch that episode of the old Gendy Tartakovsky series because you can. They have this whole episode about her fighting in this gladiatorial ring, Dooku showing up and kind of recruiting her. Um, hmm. So I thought that was like, wow, that's like such a uh, deep uh, reference to something that a lot of people don't remember. That I thought was a cool shout out to people that did enjoy that series. Hmm. That's cool. So overall, how do you feel about it? It was good. I loved like kind of the lore of it in the mm-hmm. in kind of getting that backfill of the history of Dooku was really what I enjoyed the most about it. Um, I think I would have liked it better just as a straight up novel mm-hmm. rather than an audio production. But I do like there being another format for them to tell stories. So I think more. I hope that this is successful enough that they'll do kind of more of these one off audio dramas because I do think it's always good to have different types of mediums for different types of fans so mm-hmm. although me personally i probably would have rather had it as a novel i do think there's a place for these kind of stories and i hope they keep making more yeah i actually 100 percent agree with what you said the only thing that i would add is that if you are a prequel era person this is for you if you want to get more information basically master and apprentice this one and the Padme novel, if you are a prequel person, you need to take some time and read these because they will really help flesh out some of those stories. And I'm really glad that they're paying attention to the prequel era and that they're enveloping it into the fold of Star Wars and not just trying to outcast it off to the side. Uh, because I feel like that would be a disservice to all of that story because there's just so much story there. There's so much story and I feel like, you know, sometimes it gets ignored. So I'm glad that they're not doing that. So. Yeah, definitely. They're they're definitely giving the due to... Um, do? Yeah, to, do. To do and Sifo? Do. The, uh, the characters from, you know, The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Like, we got, we've just in the past year gotten novels, you know, starring Padme and starring Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. And now we got Dooku in this. So a lot of these characters um, who we didn't... Not that we didn't know a lot about them because we know a lot about these characters, but now we have even more um, fleshed out stories about them. So, yeah, like you said, if you're a big prequel era fan, this is your time right now when it comes to Star Wars literature. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this show, and we can't wait to get back together and record again, hopefully very, very soon because we have so much stuff we need to cover. If you want to interact with us in between shows, we are on Twitter at SWBookworms, and you can email us StarWarsBookworms at gmail.com. And we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Star Wars Bookworms. And we have our group there as well um, if you want to interact with us in our Facebook group. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Um, and we would love for you to, if you haven't done it yet, leave us a review. Um, that helps other people find the show. And I am on Instagram and Twitter at IceColdPenguin. And Aaron is at AVGuns. So, so until, until next, next time. time. <laughs> Jinx? Okay, you go. Keep on reading, and may the Force be with you.